Welcome to Mom Fears My Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me, as always, is my father, Alan. Hello there. And, uh... I'm gonna start learning different languages for that. <laughs> Again, Since I can... you said it, I gotta, I gotta keep doing it, so... <laughs> I can, Hello there. Hello there. I can bring you translations next time. Okay, please. I'll bring a couple different please. ones. You can pick one. We'll see how it sounds in Swahili. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is... <laughs> oh, no, that's not Swahili. No. Close. Yeah. So close. Um, so this is this is different. We're here. It's now Saturday morning instead of Wednesday afternoon. Slight shifting of podcasting schedules. But... Um, but here again in the loft, and uh, I'm going to help you open the pool later, which is fun. Oh, yeah. Fun summertime. Then you can help me vacuum it. <laughs> <laughs> no. And now that I think about it, I always wanted a pool growing up, you know, especially with... Uh, I had a couple of friends who had pools, but, you know, I always wanted to have one that you could just... I thought it was the most amazing thing to be able to just walk outside and jump in the pool. Right. Anytime. Um but yeah, so we didn't get when did when did you buy this house? I was in college. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Okay. Ninety nine. Yeah. So that and sort of discovered the pool here, right behind a whole bunch of tall grass. Yeah, it was. A, <laughs> it was out in the weeds, so to speak. There's a pool over there. He said. I said, what? <laughs> no, there's no pool over there. There's a field over there. <laughs> but that's cool. It's uh, it's it's nice to have. It's nice to have now, though. I'm glad. I think I appreciate it uh, just as much as I would have as a kid. It's just uh, when when I was a when I was younger, I used to love I love going swimming, and I actually love I love just being in the water in general. When we went we went to went out on a boat for the first time, just it just everything about it just felt right. Being out on the water and diving in and swimming, and I don't know. I've I've never really considered. Being a boatman, I don't know. Maybe we'll retire on a houseboat or something. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I always wanted to be sort of a marine biologist. Um, but I think a lot of kids do when when that's like one of the first professional scientific sounding jobs that. <laughs> wow, that's heavy. <laughs> the kids want to do marine biology. Marine biologist. Ooh. Well, for for me, it was sharks. It was Josh I was and I. Say were... it was Jaws. On yeah, it was Jaws. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, Josh and I were way into sharks, and that just seemed like the the next logical step was to go through eight years of science and 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 biology, and <laughs> and then get to swim with sharks as a job. But I mean, that quickly took a backseat to uh, wanting to be a rock star. But but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that I've wanted to do, and there's a lot of jobs that I've that I've had. I actually just recently, uh, as of yesterday left my uh, contributing writer position. I was trying to make it a, a nice split, you know, because I, I wasn't getting paid to do any of the writing. It was just supposed to be a place where people could come and write short stories or articles or reviews and nobody was going to be judged or hassled or bullied. Um, and so I was writing weekly music spotlights and music reviews. And it was just like over the past five months, the administrator kept trying to get me to be more involved like she would just text me and be like my editor-in-chief sucks so I would like you to be the editor-in-chief now and I would reply like I I have no interest in doing that at all like this is a writing project right, for me right. it's something I wanted to do to discover and, and promote bands because I have so many friends who are in great bands and I have you know they know bands and I always love discovering new music 
And I was like, no, I have absolutely no interest in that. Like, I, I don't have time for that. She's like, well, it wouldn't be any big commitment. And then the list of, you know, what I would have to do kept getting longer and longer. Oh, sure. And then I was always, like, I would be at work and my phone would keep going off for these messages that she was talking back and forth with people. So eventually I was just like, look, I don't, I don't really have time for all the sort of drama and yeah. and the, you know, just general, just any of this that's happening. I don't really have the time to do it. I think I will, I'm going to keep writing my blog because I like to keep, you know, discovering bands, but I don't, I don't want to do it in association with this website anymore because I feel like it's not standing for the things that originally you said it was going to stand for. Well, so, you, have, you have to see her point too, you know, I mean, why pay three people when you can give one person an extra title or two right. for the same money. You know, that's, yeah. that's the American way. Exactly. Yeah. So let me let me get as many things, create content. Let me put another plaque on your door, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so I, but it, you know, it got me thinking about how kind of, how lucky you are. Now it's, it's 2015 and you, you and mom still do not have internet in the house. You have no right. use for the internet. No use for it. Okay, so no, no eBay computer. maybe, but not no use at <laughs> all. Right. Well, any eBay or Netflixing pretty much goes through me. So I, there we go. <laughs> I, I, I send the DVDs to your there house, you and you never have to deal with the internet. But it's 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 such a blessing when I think about stuff like that because there was like there there's all the social media stuff that you have to like block somebody once you're like not friends with them anymore, and I usually usually doesn't bother me, but then they'll start hassling you, and so you have to block them, and then. You have to block other people who are friends with them, and it's ridiculous. Like, I didn't get into Facebook until I started working in theater, and it was because so many of my so many of my colleagues were on it. Um, you know, I like being able to keep in contact with my family that is on there, um, and friends, but it's mostly, like, most of my friends are just people that I've networked with, either in theater or in the audio industry, that I like keeping in contact yeah, sure. with. The very personal, like, once it's out there, it's out there. Which is one of the things I told you about the podcast. Like, I wanted to make sure that you understood. Like, I'm going to put this online so my friends can download it. But it also means that anyone can download it. And, you know, no matter how... Well, the more the merrier. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I feel, but it's... Well, from three listeners to three and a half for listeners. <laughs> three and a half. Thirteen. Thirteen? We're up to, like, lucky number thirteen. That's number thirteen. Yeah. I get a text from one of the one of the ladies in the costume shop at People's Light. Said, "I love the podcast." I was like, "Yes, 13. 13, All right, yeah. <laughs> thirteen listeners. Um, yeah, we block we block by setting the deadbolt on the door <laughs> and the phone. Take the phone off the hook. Right. That's well, and that's yeah. I I miss that. I I really do because there were uh, there was a site called Zanga. Um, several years ago, back before MySpace and before all that, and it was basically an online um, journal. Like people, could, you could go in and write, and you could have friends. You read other people's writing. Some people used it for poetry. Some people used it for short stories, and some people used it for just flaming their friends, like just saying the worst possible things they could about people. Mm. And I was, I was out of college, so I was probably twenty two or twenty three, and just wasn't used to that level of of interaction online and the fact that things are there. So I was even guilty of, like, if I got attacked by somebody, like, just responding with the most, like, get, I, I, I hate you, and here's all the reasons why. Then you sort of realize down the road, like, wow, that's still out there somewhere in the ether. Like, sure. the awful things that I sure. said about sure. people. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I like that you don't have to deal with that, especially when it comes to jobs. Like, the, the fact that 
I'm now blocking people who are even just associated with the website because they're like, if they're friends with me, then they can send screenshots of what I've posted to other people. And I'm just like, I don't like having to do that. And it's, it's certainly not the worst way that I've ever quit a job either. Yeah. You know, like I, I had a job once for four hours in my, I, I had one year. So there wow, were, you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of extenuating circumstances um, on the year that I filed nine uh, W-2s, you know, but it was it was a lot of jobs that year, and there were a lot of reasons why. It was just, you know, mostly because I was trying to find myself, but I also kept getting fired. Um, but this one was uh, Tasty Cake. I worked at Tasty Cake in wow. Oxford, in the, in the factory, on the factory floor, for exactly four hours. Uh, it was through, it was when I was doing the temp service thing, just trying to find a, a right. decent paying job where I could, you know, prove myself and then become full-time. That wasn't I, enough. Wasn't enough time to get honey buns. No, free no. Honey buns I had or... like half of a destroyed honey bun there we go. that you're allowed there to eat, go. and that was it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I walked on. I walked in on the floor at eight o'clock, and you work like for an hour and ten minutes, and then you take a ten minute break, and then you work for an hour and, and you, you move to a different area of the factory, so you're not stuck right. in a one spot all the time. Um, and so I did that from eight to noon. I worked in three different sections of the factory. Walked up to clock out for lunch and was like, I'm never coming back. Like, those, the work was just not for me. Yeah, like, well. bless anyone who can do that for making our, our donuts and our, yeah. <laughs> and our wristwatches and all that sort of stuff. But I just couldn't do it. It killed me for four hours. I couldn't imagine doing it for 40 years. So, um, that's, that's definitely the shortest job that I've, I've ever had. Have you ever quit a job just like, fingers blazing walking out the door just you know f you f you f you you don't really seem no, like that kind of person really. <laughs> i had one i had one i was gonna i was gonna work in a grocery store this is this is oh god i don't know how many years ago <laughs> decades ago i was gonna work at a grocery store down in uh, in uh, west grove i forget the name of the place now but and i went in and i did the work filled out the form and right did all that, and the guy seemed to be pretty much of an ass. So, <laughs> so I was supposed to start on Monday, and I just didn't go. So, <laughs> so I don't know whether that's actually having a job and quitting it. But I had to. I was supposed to start Monday, and just said, "Nah." How old were you? I don't remember. I don't know. It was probably nineteen. 18, 19, something. I think that is, I think that's shorter than four hours. Yeah, but I never really, I never really stocked a shelf or anything. Right, you never know? clocked I mean, in the first time. Yeah, no, never even clocked in, so. That's the only one I can think of. I never, uh, I don't know. The bartending job, I was getting fed up with anyway. Right. Because of the owner. And, uh, and that was 14 years? 15. 15, 15 years. years. Well, yeah, a couple months short of 15 years. And uh, it was it was fun when I was in my forties. <laughs> when, when I got to be in my fifties, and the new owner turned out to be a butthole. <laughs> can I say that? I can say that, right? Yes. Butthole. <laughs> does yes. this get to, does it get to North Carolina? Because if it gets to North Carolina, you're still a butthole. <laughs> Anyhow, I was I was uh. I was upset with losing that job because it was it was a fun job, like I said when I was younger, and it just got to be, it just got to be too much, you know, too many drunks, too many, 
too many bosses. Right. You know. And uh, I was ready to move on to something, which was unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good... Moved on to that, yeah. That's uh, a good next step. Yeah. We did that for a while, and then I kept that job longer than... No, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> that unemployment job. No, that's that's a nothing else. Nothing else coming close to that. I don't think. Yeah, the next the next closest sort of bad quitting a job was Outback Trading Company. Was just you know, I was on the phone a lot because my girlfriend and I at the time were having a lot of trouble. So I wound up being on the phone more than I should have. Oh. Um, and uh, and finally he was just like, and one day like I broke down, like I was crying, like stocking shelves, like it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, and the owner, so the owner shows up, he is staring at me with just his jaw dropped and he's like, I, I've, sh- I've got to let you go. Your, <laughs> your supervisor is consistently telling me that you're on the phone all the time. And I was like, it's just these past couple weeks. It's just been rough and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't have to deal with no. this. This is my business. You're fired. Too much drama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too much drama. Which, for... which now I totally respect. But at the time I was like, please don't fire me. <laughs> don't like, fire I me. just need a job. I've been doing this for two years and I finally know what I'm doing. <laughs> don't fire me. But that was at that time. That was just after that time period of having searched for, you know, job after job after job. But even when I left the martial arts studio... Because I was a, I was a teacher at the time and a program director. So I was running the school up in Berwyn, mm-hmm. and and I so I told the owner I was like, look, I'm just not making enough money, I don't have health insurance, and I'm in the martial arts. Like I can't, I can't work like this. I can't live like this. And I was even single, but it was just driving from Berwyn to Oxford every day, and you know, so <laughs> I told, gave him like two months notice because I felt. I really did feel bad, but it, it just, I just couldn't maintain it anymore. And so when the two months was up, he had me come into his office and uh, sat down across the desk. And he was like, listen, um, I did a lot of things for you. Like, I, I gave you a lot of training. Um, and, you know, you got to train with me for free. And so I'm not giving you your last paycheck. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's... I, I, Do we work for the same guy? I, probably. <laughs> we must have worked for the same butthole. <laughs> I said, oh, he gets a butthole. He, he, and I mean, I remember sitting across from the desk thinking that I had done everything in my power to make sure that he found somebody to replace me because I knew that it was going to be a tough position. I mean, two months. The end of January, I told him, I, I'm leaving um, I'm going to be looking for a new job. And that's when I started working for AirServe in the end of March that oh, okay. year. So, I, you know, two months went by where he could have found somebody and could have dealt with stuff. And he waited until that last day to be like, well, I'm not I'm not going to give you your last check. And I lost it. Like, I, I stood up from the table. I was screaming obscenities. There were people in the lobby of his studio. And I was, like, walking out like, F you, F this place. I'm gone. I did everything you told me to do. I did everything you wanted me to do. And so I just left. And it, Well, hopefully that scared off some business, maybe. Maybe that, maybe that scared some business out of the at lobby. The, you know? At the very least, I hope. But, yeah, that the, the school in Berlin wound up closing. They had somebody teach it for a little while. And then the school in Philly wound up closing. And then the school, and now he's, he's down to one. He had four. He's down to one. Oh, good. It just wasn't a good situation all around. It's been hard 
being freelance, I really, really like being my own boss. Like, I really... I mean, you're not once you get into a project. It's more collaborative. Well, sure. You know, yeah. you do what the director tells yeah. you. You you do what the managing yeah. director tells you to do because they're signing your check. But, I, you know, for the most part, you get to decide which... I get to decide which jobs I take and which people I, you know, work with if I want to do this. And, oh, you know, this isn't a lot of money, but I really want to work with you, so I'm going to do this job. But I... But it, it's... It, it still comes with its own fear of, you know, who's, whose toes am I going to step on? And, and not wanting to, I don't know, not wanting to come across like I'm not appreciative of all the opportunities that I get. Because I really am, especially now. I mean, in my early 20s, I, you know, I'm American, so I really thought I was owed something, you know, in your, <laughs> in your, in your early 20s. It's just like, no, you don't understand. I'm, I'm me and I'm awesome. Why aren't I rich? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why aren't I famous? The American dream. Yeah. The American dream. But you know, I I I've gotten a lot more thankful for the for the stuff that I the stuff that I'm able to do now, or at least the opportunities that are presented for me, and and trying so desperately hard not to not to leave any job uh, on a down note. But I've even I've even done it recently. Even when I left, you know, when I left People's Light. No, you did. You did. You probably did the right thing. I did. I yeah. miss it a lot. I'm actually yeah. going there Sunday night to see uh, the closing show of Biloxi Blues, which is. Gotten... Oh, I saw that. I saw that was playing in the paper. I yeah. saw that was. It's gotten really good reviews, mm-hmm. and I got some. I got some friends in the cast. I got you know still tons of friends that work there, um, so I'm gonna go back and see the last show and hang out with some people that. Well, there was. A... I didn't get to know the people there. I met quite a few of them, but yeah. at uh, at Hanapalooza. <laughs> At Hanapalooza, they right. were all uh, they were all really decent. I thought that was a that was a nice gesture. Yeah, and that and that goes that goes back to feeling like you know, feeling like you're owed something. And and I don't, I feel guilty anytime I have that feeling. No, you always gave them a full day's work. You always <laughs> you always give and then some, and then some. I mean, you yeah. were hired for sound, and you end up building sets and striking sets and yeah. and uh, sweeping the parking lot and. <laughs> Picking up cigarette butts, you know. I mean, there's just another one of these. Why hire five people when we have 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 one guy that'll do it for nothing, right? Or, or do it for the same price? Yeah. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants three, four, five workers in one. So it's all about the it's all about the Benjamins. That's what it is. It's you a- know, they don't want to give you <laughs> to quote. Uh, some group that I probably hate. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who who was all about the Benjamins, but I probably can't stand that group. So, so I, I I think I think you did the right thing. I think you may have found a found a better better home. Yeah. Well, and I and I still get to work with a lot of people, which is great. And I and I've I. As much as it felt like I burned a bridge, I tried to leave as much of that burned bridge intact as possible like i leave the handrail at least yeah well because i i after i left i sort of had to fight to come back for the for future projects um and was wound up being you know the first choice for some of the people and the last choice for some of the other people um and so i had to fight really hard just to get my foot back in the door but it was i mean it was still worth it because i you know again we're back to you know, do you take the job or do you not take the job? And I've been working the holiday show with them steadily for the past six years, and this is actually the first year that I'm not going to be available to do it. 
scheduling-wise, I could still design it, but I would not be able to run the show. So this year, I'm not going to be doing the, the remounted Panto. You're not doing the Panto? No, oh, no. Wow. But the reason I'm not doing the Panto is because uh, Delaware Theater is doing Diner, which is a show that is being developed for Broadway, just like they just recently did with Because of Winn-Dixie, and Cheryl Crow is doing the music for Diner. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah, so I'm going to do yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> Diner. No and problem. I, I could, honestly, I don't care too much about Cheryl Crow. But I was, I mean, during Winn-Dixie, I was surrounded by, like, Tony Award-winning theater people. I had no idea. Right. I know for somebody who's worked in theater for the past six to eight years, seven years now, for somebody who's worked in theater for seven years, uh, I should probably know more about theater than I do. <laughs> but they were, they were like rattling names off, like so and so is coming tonight. I'm like, who's that? I'm like, she is the Tony Award winning musical actress. Like, what? I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know. But there also was less of a focus on on New York and Broadway and all that kind of stuff at at people's light. There was not that sort of interest level in it. So that's not what I learned. Like, <clears throat> but it's great because I, you know, I wound up talking with uh, the composer for Win dixie Duncan Sheik, and I'd like had... Oh, Duncan. Duncan. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Did they call him Dunk? No. No, they didn't. No, okay. no they didn't. They, no. Okay. No, no strange nicknames. No, no. i tell you what, though. The guy was the real deal, though. Just because during soundcheck, he came up to the table at one point, and it was myself and the assistant sound designer and the sound designer. All three of us are behind the board, you know, doing yeah. stuff. And Duncan comes up, and he's like, ah, it's the electric guitar. Just... Uh, I don't know what's going on with it, but I can't hear anything under 200 hertz. And so all three of us just sort of looked at him, looked at each other, you know, assistant sound designer flips up the electric guitar thing, and there is, on the EQ, is a roll-off at 200 hertz. So every, at 210 is where it was set. So 210 hertz, from there down, every, all the sound was rolled off. And he's like, oh, he's like, that, that EQ must have copied and pasted from somewhere else. I'll fix it for you. And just took it out. And he's like, that's better. And he walks away. And I just turned and I looked, and his sound designer goes, well, he's got an ear. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm used to dealing with, yeah, I'm used to dealing with directors and, and producers and even composers that on a certain level are like, oh, it sounds really blue, and I just need it to sound more auburn, and, uh, you know, it's really dark, and I want it to be more light, and it's, it feels fat, let me, let it feel thin. And he walks up, he's like, can't hear anything, or 200 hertz. Oh, you're too hurt to hurt, oh, uh, God. Uh, okay, well, let me fix that yeah. for you, sir. Yeah. That's that's why I liked it. Yeah, that's yeah. why I respected him. You know, I didn't care how many awards he got. Although after that, I was like, man, I really should have given him my business card. Yeah, <laughs> Duncan, come back, Duncan. Right. <laughs> but, dunk, dunk, big dunk, my man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I really want to. I really want to work on Diner. <laughs> I really want to work with Cheryl Crow, even though I don't really, you know. Well, what's the Panther this year? Uh, Three Musketeers. They're remounting. Uh, it's always new one and then remount, new one, remount, new one. Okay. So this is the Three Musketeers was the first one that I, uh, I think I was assistant sound designer on that one. Um, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but it, you do all the work. I do. <laughs> you you do all the work uh, and and cover for the sound designer when he's off doing the yeah. other parts of well, his well, job. Well, see now, Jesse, you got at one hand you got Cheryl Crow, and the other hand you have. D'Artagnan. <laughs> no, no, no problem. That's true. No, no, there's not even a choice here. No, you, know, you go no, with Cheryl Crow. There really you know. isn't. The only thing that would 
really make me question the decision would be if Andrew Kane was coming back to play D'Artagnan. Because <laughs> I would almost I would almost go back for oh, him. Oh, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, you know him. Andy, yeah. <laughs> I would go back for him. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. It'll, it'll, it'll be exciting. It'll be fun. Uh, the, the biggest deal though, is that, um, it was one of the things that Katie and I talked about as being, as being really difficult for her was doing the panto every year. Cause it's two months. It's, it's, you know, eight shows a week, sometimes nine. Uh, and it's, it just bookends all of the holidays in November and December. There's a show before and after Thanksgiving. There, there used to be a show on New Year's Eve. Uh, and then the past couple of years have gotten New Year's Eve and, or excuse me, there used to be a show on Christmas Eve, and for the past couple of years we've gotten Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off, but then it's bookended with two show days on either side oh, of, that of bites. Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah. Oh, Christmas um, Eve is a real holiday, let's face it. Yeah. Um, we do, they do do one on New Year's Eve. Um, doo doo. <laughs> and they, and they do one on New Year's Day. So, um, but so it's, it's really, it's really a hard schedule for, um, for Katie, and uh, the reason why I want to do Diner this year is because it's, you know, it's only like six miles away from the house. Um, so it's a similar schedule. We start teching around Thanksgiving instead of the week before, um, and then there's a show before and after Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but the show closes before New Year's Eve. So it's a slightly smaller schedule. It's close to home, so I'll be able to go home you know, in between shows and, and more often than I did. I mean, there are days where we spent the night at people's light because of snow or whatever. And it was so far away. And there were, there were a couple of times where I spent the entire weekend there. Like I would go on Friday afternoon to get ready for the mm-hmm. Friday night show and then do two shows on Saturday, or spend the night, do two shows on Saturday, then spend the night and do two shows on Sunday and then go home Sunday night. Oh boy. Yeah. Talk oh, about ships in the yeah, night. Yeah. There you go. But now diner, is that the same, is that the same is that just movie diner? Is it, that, it is, is yeah. That it's same, based on the yeah. It's based on the same thing. It's just this. I is, assume the play came first, and then the movie. I I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> this is again yeah. falling into the realm of I should know more about theater than I do. Wow, Dunk would be really pissed. <laughs> he <laughs> would. You don't know. He would. Yeah. But so I. <laughs> it's uh, but it it is a new musical that's being developed for Broadway. So the play that we will be doing is a brand new thing. She watching war movies? Is that gonna is that gonna show up on it it might. Uh, (laughs) It's just a snippet from American Sniper, just in case in case you wondered what (laughs) what what little gunfire was in the background. (laughs) What the explosions were We are not under attack. That was that was Now it's time for Dad Fears My Trivia. My God. Here we go. (laughs) It's all right. This one's even harder than last time. Oh boy! No, I'm kidding. I, I had you know, Katie told me she's like, you need to give your dad a break. I was like, I'm not giving. <laughs> it's not called Dad loves answering my easy trivia questions. Yeah. Um, but still, you may have you may have a little bit of a break in here. But oh, it depends. Sure. It depends. You yeah. never know. You never know. Are you ready? I haven't studied, but yes, I'm ready. Okay. All right. Uh, question number one. What is a young female racehorse called? A filly. Correct. Very good. Hey, I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Well, no, it's a it's a 
Broadway and racehorses is what I don't know anything about. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) All right, number two. Name at least three actors that have played James Bond. Oh, well, that's that's, uh, Sean Connery. That's one. Um, Roger Moore. Two. That's two. Um, um, What's his name? Uh, (laughs) Blonde guy. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's the names that are tricky. I know, I know. Uh, The new guy. (laughs) Jason Zorn. I think you're thinking of Jason Bourne. No, no, not Jason Bourne. What's the new guy's name? What's the new guy? What I want to say, what I want to go for is the weirdo that played... (laughs) I can't think of his name. Peter, Peter, no, damn. I know them all, but. (laughs) (laughs) New guy, Jason Statham? No, no, um, no. um, Other guy I confused with him. Um, The one that brought the queen in the Olympics. What the hell's his name? (laughs) Daniel. Day Lewis. No, he didn't play that. He was my left bond. Pink Panther guy played played <laughs> Casino all, Royale. The first the, place. the first Casino Royale was a go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Two thirds credit. That's right. So Sean Connery, uh, David Niven, uh, and George Lazenby. Lazenby. Okay. Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig. Craig, okay, yeah. Daniel Craig, okay. I confuse him with Jason Statham. Statham, yes. But uh, Casino Royale, the original one was a spoof on on Bond movies. Was played by what the hell is his name? It did Pink Panther. Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. There you okay. go. Peter Sellers. Number three. Okay. Whew. God. In Married with Children. Yes. What was Al Bundy's profession? He was a shoe salesman. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Excellent. Number four. What does an anemometer measure? Barometric pressure. Wind velocity. Yeah, barometer measures. It's close. Number five. Okay. What is the best Mel Brooks movie? <laughs> Sadly, not Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Correct. Not, not Blazing Saddles. Um, Blazing Saddles was fun Fun at some point. <laughs> Blazing Saddles is hilarious. It was hilarious, you know, but once you get by the fart sequence. You know, <laughs> a, wow, I almost have to go History of the World. History, I will accept History, history of the World. Part one. Part one. History of the World, part one. It will. Um, I also, the, the, the very first correct answer is Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Number six. What was the bloodiest battle in the Civil War? Well, none of them were fun. <laughs> but, but, uh... The Civil War is not romantic. From what I gather, Gettysburg was really a bloody battle because they walked right into... They came across an open field into, just into cannon fire and... Something else is trying to get into my mind here, and I can't think of what it was. Antietam. Correct. Correct. Yeah. The Battle of yeah. Antietam. 
There's an yes. estimated 22,717 dead in less than three days. Wow. Yeah. Right? Wow. Gettysburg was ugly, though. But Yeah, none of them were fun. Were, yeah, none of them were fun. None, none, none of them were fun at all. <laughs> all right, number seven. What city hosted the first modern Olympic Games in 1896? Had to be Rome. No. No. No, not Rome. No. Okay. Close. Athens. Oh, that's neighborhood. It's that neighborhood. It's same, suburb. Same. Suburb. Suburb. Suburb of Rome. Rome. <laughs> All right, number eight. In the film Back to the Future, what speed must you reach in order to activate the flux capacitor in the DeLorean time machine? 88 miles an hour. Correct. 88 miles an hour. Yes. Good. Oh, I'm so glad you got that Yeah, one. well. Uh, I wasn't sure how long it's been since you watched uh, Back to the Future. 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. What is, reportedly, the highest-selling Beatles album of all time? I personally have six copies of Sgt. Pepper's, so I have to go Sgt. Pepper. No. Really? Uh, now, it's, so there are, there are conflicting reports. Uh, as far as estimated sales, Sgt. Pepper was on top. But as far as officially recorded album sales... Oh, wait a minute. White album? Also close. Okay. That was right. number three. All right. Uh, Abbey Road. Abbey Road, Road really? is reportedly okay. the highest-selling Beatles album of all time. The second on most of the lists is actually one. Yeah, all the number one hits on yeah, one album. Yeah. Yeah. From 2000. Yeah, I even had that one, too. But yeah, it was difficult. I went through several different sites. Um, they, they've pretty much all sold over 10 million copies, so oh, sure. <laughs> we're splitting hairs. Yeah. But uh, Sgt. Pepper and Abbey Road were like kept flip-flopping back and forth between which one had sold 13 million and which one had sold 14 million. And then the the White Album also gets double credit or something? Isn't it a double album? It's a double album. Yeah, yeah it gets double, double credit in some of the lists, but that's why they have an adjusted... So they have an adjusted number for double albums. And oh, really? Because both the two discs count as two sales in some of the... Li yeah, it was really weird. I nah, found that's, that's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not. I love the Beatles, but that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, number 10. Oh, well, here Number we go. 10. Which one of the following is a real hip-hop dance move? <laughs> <laughs> Daggering, the jerk, crumping, or the whip and nene? I'm not sure, but the whip and nene sounds really interesting. No, crumping is... A Crumping, Crumping very good. The, the answer is all of the above. All of the above? Okay, well, okay. <laughs> they are all real dance moves. Whip and nay nay. Okay. You are correct. Yep. We, you, you, uh, I think you do yeah, please, the whip. Please describe you it. You do the nay nay. And you do the whip. I don't know. I'll show you the video. Yeah, please. The nay -nay, yeah, but please that's do. the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole song. That's okay. the whole song. That's there all right. Um, daggering is worse. You can only guess what that is. <laughs> Daggering is the dance move that came out of the song called Bend Over. <laughs> so, so I knew what daggering was. Okay, okay. Yes. All that, of the above. Oh, okay. uh, that concludes Dad right. First Bike Trivia. For this time. Wow. Oh. One out of ten is not bad. <laughs> no, I think you got more than that this time. 
I think I got more than that. Oh, I didn't announce who the winner was. Oh, okay. I completely, I completely forgot to announce who the who the dad first my trivia who well, you were playing for. Roll a die. I will. Roll a die. I will. Well, let me see. Hold on. I have to keep shifting people off the list and then marking them up. Thirteen-sided die. So I yeah right. Dungeons and Dragons. I can do D twelve plus one. D twelve plus one. So number eleven. Number eleven. The dad fears my trivia winner is. Hey, it's Michelle O'Dell. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Michelle O'Dell. Oh. Michelle O'Dell. Oh. Good for her. Oh, Shell. Moose. <laughs> moose. As we affectionately called her. Yeah, moose. I love her. You know, I can't imagine ever calling any other woman in my life Moose as a nickname and having it be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or having being not getting smacked in chops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's, that's what was one of the beautiful things. Michelle embraced her Moose status. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Because yeah. she was stronger than most men that I've met. Yeah, she helped me pull four four arborvita bushes out of the front yard at 1800 Bolivar Pike. She helped me. <laughs> Just rip them right out of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh, awesome. Well, that's good. Then I will make sure I will make sure and get Michelle a lovely gift of something from my house that I have pulled. So far, the theme has been turtles. Turtles? Oh, okay. Everybody's gotten... Well, I I collected so much turtle stuff in high school um, that I I have a like a bag full of turtle things that I aren't even out anywhere. Like, I have one or two turtles that I have like up on my computer desk or on my bookshelf. A bag of turtle I things. Like, I ba- <laughs> collected a bag of turtle things. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, so it just became one of those, you know, uh, like a little pewter one. I had a shot glass that had a turtle on it that I gave to Bridget. I have, you know, little like plastic turtles that, so I think I'm going to try and stick with the turtle theme, not to spoil anyone's gift, but I'm going to try and stick with the turtle theme until I don't have a bag have full of turtle, turtle things. Have any more turtle things anymore, But we'll see. Speaking of a turtle bag, we could talk about Hillary sometime, you know. <laughs> You know, Woods, uh, when when Jeff was down, Jeff offered to come down Wednesday night and be a guest on the podcast. And I said, well, you'll definitely be able to talk more politics with my dad than I can. Because I I, I vote, but I have so little stock in, in politicians and especially the president. Like, I don't trust any of them. They're all way richer than me and they all have way more power than me. And they're all doing or have done things that we will never know about that, you know, may or may not affect us. But it's also, when I think about the president of the United States, I think about two things. Like, they're the commander-in-chief, and they're sort of the face of America. It's like so many foreign countries hate us so much. And for the most part, it doesn't affect my everyday life. I don't really need to be liked by everyone. But when it comes to, to stuff like that, and when it comes to, you know, dealing with people... I, I want the president to be somebody that the rest of the world goes, oh, okay, maybe maybe Americans aren't all bad. How's and, that working out for you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, so far the... it's fine. Like I said, my life hasn't changed much. But so many things go through Congress, and I think Congress is so messed up that there's I, I, I'm never under the impression that voting for one specific president is going to change the world. So 
I don't know who the Republican Party is going to put up. I'm not, like, really a big fan of Hillary Clinton. But, again, it goes back to, like, let's... Unless you want this to be a three-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, well... You may want to keep some of these thoughts till, uh, well, we until can, next time, well, maybe. Well, we can you do know? that. But yeah. I, am, I am really curious what... I guess what, what process you have, what goes through your mind when you you consider who you're voting for like is it specific issues that you're like if if somebody is if somebody believes this then i will not vote for them or is it or is it more just you know what is it just because i'm a republican they're a republican i'm going to vote republican i'm conservative okay i'm conservative that that might be an understatement i'm <laughs> probably a little to the right of adolf hitler <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't want my rights stepped on. Right. Am I a one-issue voter, i.e. gun control? It enters into it. Right. It enters into it. If you, wanna, if you want my vote, you are a supporter of the Second Amendment. I'm a supporter of the Bill of Rights. The Second Amendment is right up there. Right. Somebody comes out against gun ownership, they will not get my vote in 100 years. Right. Sorry. You know. I'm a, if you're conservative, I will probably vote for you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into a lot of things here. Right. I'm not going to say a lot of things that I'm against, but you can probably guess what I'm against, you know. Right. I'm 67 years old and I'm not for a lot of new ideas, <laughs> not covered in the Bill of Rights. Right. Or the Bible. I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not a religious person. But that's still the book. Right. That's still the book. These are the rules. Republican, Democrat, Independent. I honestly, I honestly hadn't seen a Democratic candidate for president that I could have supported. Right. Yeah, I really haven't. I mean, I don't know. my parents were Republican. I've always, I've always been a Republican. Republicans, I don't particularly care for. Say, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get somebody pissed off at me here. I really, that's really I mean, I don't, you know, I really am. You know, I mean, I go back to, I go back to 1956. We had a vote in second grade for president. <laughs> and I voted for Dwight D. Eisenhower because he was a general in the second world war, kicked ass all over Europe. <laughs> and Adlai Stevenson, who? That was my first Republican vote, 1956. I was six years old, or eight years old, eight years old in second grade, third grade, whatever it was. That was my first vote for president, was it? 52, I didn't remember. I was only four, so I didn't get a chance to vote for Eisenhower in 52. And I just haven't, I haven't seen anybody, you know. I heard a lot about Harry Truman from my father. Right. A lot more about Franklin Roosevelt from my father, as you might imagine. <laughs> Speaking of marrying your cousins. Um, Were we? Cousin, yeah, we mentioned that. Oh, we okay. mentioned that. I'm sure we brought it up at some point. Uh, so, uh, I, I haven't seen a Democratic candidate that I could have voted for. And I'm not terrifically open-minded, but I'll listen. Right. You know, I'll listen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you I'm not a conservative, but you know. Well, that's okay. I mean, I like I said, I don't. I don't follow politics because it's not really something that I'm passionate about. So I do. I do focus a lot on issues. Like I have different. 
thing that I focus on anytime that I vote, and it, it is usually a sticking point, is that if, if I feel like someone's policy would take away from personal freedom, and so that's, you know, the that's women's rights, the rights for gays to marry, the rights for, you know, like anything like that, that's where I'm like, I, I'm not going to vote for you because I think everybody has a right because I am not a religious person either. And I certainly will never vote based on, well, this person, you know, is this person believes in the Bible, so I'm going to vote for them. Doesn't factor into my opinions at all. But I, that's how I always look at it. I think, how is the rest of the world going to view the president? What do they bring to the table that can be a check and a balance for Congress? Because I, I really think Congress is the problem. <laughs> the president, I feel like the president, again, well, is only a third of the system of, right. of the upper echelon, right. but is is inconsequential apart from you know, being the the face of America and, and having the ability to veto things that would block rights from anyone. It's hard for me to settle on one person that's like, I, I confidently give you my vote because I believe in everything that you say and stand for. Like, I've never been able to say that in my voting life yet. In 18 years of voting, I have never been able to say that about anyone. Like, I'm voting for you because I believe in you. It's never been the case. <laughs> It's just, I think you will do better than this person. So, you know, see, I've had a couple. I've had a couple opportunities. We're, I guess, we're going to get into this. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to need another yuppie water. <laughs> I got the yuppie water here. It's a, oh, it's a pH balance to seven point four. Nice. Wait that, a minute. What is that? That's that's, that's water. Water. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, just God. because it's got a nice bottle, you know. I mean, right. this is what it, of course. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I digress. I would have voted for Ronald Reagan t tomorrow, right. yesterday. <laughs> I would have voted for Ronald Reagan from when he, whenever he first ran. I'll dig him up and vote for him. <laughs> I will, you know. We lost we lost a good human being there and an excellent president. And I thought Ronald Reagan did a good job, even though he was an actor. I was going to say, I was going to say, for an actor. But no, not for an actor. Even though he was an actor first, I thought he was an excellent president. I'd have voted for him. I voted for him twice. I'd vote for him six, eight times if I could, if he'd lived that long. People think I'm crazy because I like Richard Nixon. Right. Really, I really don't want to get into this. This could get really, really long. We could save it for next time. Please, let's save it for next time, Ed, because I, I got, I got some things. Because I do want to hear about Nixon. Because that's a whole, that's a whole era that I know nothing about except what's been sensationalized in news and movies and and both aspects of the media. Like I, you know, so that's actually something that I would love to talk about because that that time period I have no perspective on that time period at all, and to me. Um, because I don't know what any of his personal politics were. Like, again, being shady is just sort of the name of the game when you're a politician. <laughs> and, like, so, certain aspects of of things that you have to conceal and do are, like, it, it, it is what it is, but... Uh, he spied on the other party. Really? <laughs> really? He had, he had listening... 
Really? <laughs> no, no one's ever done that. Nobody's ever done that. <laughs> oh, he had an enemies list. Wait a minute. Everybody has an enemies list. This is true. You know, he got run out of office for doing what everybody else did. Right. And because he got caught, eh, got caught doing what? Spying on the other party? Of course you spy on the other party. That's what politics is. You have to know what the other party's doing so you don't do it yourself. You know, you have to, you have to pay. The Democrats are going to say this. Well, we can't possibly say that then. You know, so you go and you, you check out what they're doing. You know, you put right. a couple bugs in a hotel. You know, it's no big deal. Everything's at the Watergate Hotel. Oh my God! It's it's a Iran Gate. It's it's a Bridge Gate for God's sake. Bridge Gate, really? Yes. They're they're pulling that up for Bridge Gate for closing a couple lanes on a bridge. <laughs> You know, I mean, come on. He did what everybody else did. Nixon is. Nixon, he did what everybody else does, and he was really good at it. Right. He had a couple fools working for him that weren't as good as he was at it. But he he was really good at it. He was really good. He knew exactly what he wanted and who he wanted to be with and who these enemies were and who his friends were. And if you don't think you have to do that to be president of the United States, you're nuts. Right. Because you've got to know who your enemies are. I just yeah. hope that he had, like, a yellow legal pad that said enemies at the I'm top. Sure and did, you know, I'm sure he did, I'm sure he did. And, 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 <laughs> you know what else he smoked? I loved it. He smoked. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's when you could still smoke on an airplane, though, too. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, you smoke in, in the Oval Office, you know. You smoke in the... But his smoking was not what made me vote for him. I can hear the radio shutting off. No radios. I can hear the internet shutting down all over the country. <laughs> all thirteen listeners are. No, they're gonna find. They're gonna find some other podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and nobody has to agree with me. That's 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 where I am on my politics. You know, you don't have to agree with me. You might as well hear. You might as well hear what I think, or walk away. Right. Or walk away. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't care if you listen or not. You know, and I don't care if anybody <laughs> listens or not. You know. Well, I'm listening. And I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start a fight with anybody over. Well, maybe Hillary. I might start. <laughs> See now, I don't want to get into this yet. I don't right. want to get into this right yet. Next time, you know what? Next time, I'll do. I'll even do. I'll do some research. I'll do some research, and I'll see. I'll see where I actually stand on Hillary because I don't know. And then maybe we'll be able to talk about it next time. Although next time, next month will be June. Which means your anniversary with mom is coming up. I really want to talk about you and mom next month. Okay. But we'll see. Maybe we'll okay. talk about you and mom and Hillary. And we'll do... We'll start. That was sad. <laughs> we'll start with Hillary, though. That sounds like a three-way from hell. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, um, I think we'll stop the podcast there. Wow, yeah. Please. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dad. My brain hurts. <laughs> Alright, let's go open the pool. Alright, here we go. You're still a butthole. <laughs> <laughs>